hear these words, podcast from Good Shepherd Episcopal Church in Tequesta, Florida. I'm David Dixon, the Director of Youth and Family Ministries here at Good Shepherd. And today I am joined by my youth assistant, uh, Beth Bonsack, and one of our youth members, EJ Smith. Y'all say hello. Hello. And uh, each week we have this podcast and we discuss the passages of scripture assigned for the upcoming Sunday. This week is the first Sunday of Advent, November 27th, 2022. And the words we hear are from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44, and Psalm 122. Well, guys, how's everything going? It's going good. Yeah. Having a good week so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Sure. Nice. Yeah. nice. It's kind of weird that it's like already Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, it's kind of weird that it's almost Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. I mean, the year has flown by really really fast it has and uh that we're in advent and christmas and i remember being up in north carolina for the ball drop type thing (laughs) oh yeah that's right we had a computer set up in the room with the time on it we We were all just like screaming (laughs) when it flipped to noon (laughs) (laughs) we went to uh we took a trip up to north carolina last year our youth group did we wanted to go skiing uh, it was too to Catalucci, but there was no snow, <laughs> so we went hiking instead, and we just kind of hung out, but we had a lot of fun anyhow. So, there so you how long have you been coming to church? Since I was about three and a half. I'm 15 now, for mm-hmm. reference. So. And what's your favorite memory? Um, my favorite memories would probably be the lock-ins that we've had, where we've gone to like Universal, and we've had this group of me and my friends, and we refused to go to sleep. And of course, I was always the first one to end up falling asleep. But it was fun to attempt to stay awake cool. and be quiet while you guys were trying to sleep. <laughs> Did not work very well. No, it doesn't it really ever work out for any of us. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, do you have a favorite ice cream? Not really. <gasps> Man, I think that's that the first one. actually does not surprise me coming from her. Really? At all. No. Not in the least. Okay. I'm How does surprised. that not surprise you? It just doesn't. You're very diverse, so I don't... Th- I, I just imagine you liking a bunch of different stuff. So. Look at me now. You're flexible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, so our first text today is uh, from the book of Isaiah, and it's the first part of Isaiah, chapter 2. And just to kind of place some context on the book of Isaiah. It's a huge book, right? And it spans a lot of time. Um, And in fact, Isaiah uh, was not written by one person. Uh, In fact, uh, the majority of it was probably not written by the original writer, Isaiah. it was probably written kind of like fan fiction, you know. Uh, it was it's like a tradition, and so you had other writers who were contributing to this, who were inspired by Isaiah. And uh, most scholars think there were uh, roughly three uh, different sections that were compiled by either three writers or various writers 
Uh, so you have uh, first Isaiah, second Isaiah, and third Isaiah, although it's all compiled together as one uh, text. And in the course of the entirety of the writings, you have everything that goes from total destruction and, and annihilation to a time of peace and everybody being happy and getting along. So you've got this kind of tension between justice and mercy, between love and war. And we, when we read Isaiah, we are always kind of drawn into that tension and challenged with how do we wrestle with it? How do we deal with it? How can you have justice and forgiveness? How can you deal out punishment and forgive the same person at the same time? So this is what Isaiah really challenges us with. And in this particular uh, passage, of course, he is talking about um, a promise, right? Um, something that is yet to come. What I was going to say, what, how you introduced it made more sense to me uh, about I looked at this and being Isaiah 2, it's like laying down kind of this is what we see happening. This is how we see it going forward. Mm -hmm. So that makes perfect sense that there's multiple authors, but that that the beginning mm -hmm. is that it, they're laying it out for us to understand what could be happening down mm -hmm. the road. So, Right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he goes on, he's talking about the mountain of the Lord's house. He's talking about it being established in the highest of mountains and that all nations are going to stream to it. Many people are going to come. Um, the Lord is going to teach us his way. We're going to walk in his path. Uh, you know, none of this has happened, right? I mean, even the mountain that he's talking about is not the highest mountain uh, in, in the region at all. But it is perhaps metaphorically the highest. And perhaps this is something that exists in the realm of promise and hope that inspires us. It's something that we are to constantly press toward or look forward to or, or move into. And so I think that it's an inspirational uh, writing here. Certainly when he talks about learning the ways mm -hmm. of peace, right? That the nations come to learn the ways of peace. What do y'all think about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and you talked about learning, but then spreading, right? Yeah. How they're like going out to spread God's word and all that. Yeah. Because yeah. they were considering like the Lord to be the highest being and mm -hmm. how he should be treated as such. And then they're going to go out and spread his word. Yeah, share the peace, right? Um, and then what about the part where he talks about beating your swords and spears into plowshares and pruning hooks? So you know, weapons of war. Turn to Weapons yeah. of what? What are those? What are plowshares and pruning hooks? I really don't know. You don't know? I think they grow up on a farm. <laughs> no, I did not. It's about plowing the land and, and creating harvesting, harvesting and yeah. gardening. Mm -hmm. So instead of fighting, right, start planting and sowing and reaping and harvesting and gardening. Start working instead of fighting. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that that's uh, really what we're supposed to take out of this is that uh, this idea, this promise and this hope of peace comes when we decide when we are intentional 
that we're not going to be about war and looking to fight. And, you know, you, I'm not looking to pick a fight with you. Right. Right. Uh, I'm looking to be at peace with you and I'm looking to see what can grow between right. us, what can, what we can uh, produce instead of what is going to be tore down or mm -hmm. destroyed. And that's uh, certainly a mark of the kingdom of God and mm -hmm. the reign of Christ and the, and the promise. We're in Advent. This is about the Advent is the coming of Christ, the anticipation of the promise of the coming of Christ. And so part of that promise is that when Christ comes, what is the consequence of his arrival? Peace, hope, you know, joy to the world, mm -hmm. right? Definitely not war, because he said, neither shall they learn war anymore. Right. So he definitely does not want war. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> totally. All right, moving right along to our Psalm 122, and this is part of a group of psalms that's called uh, or referenced as song, Psalms of Ascent. And they are psalms that were sung as people journeyed, made the journey to Jerusalem um, to worship. Uh, three times a year, the people of God had to make a journey to Jerusalem to uh, offer offerings and worship. Uh, it was Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And uh, this is one of, I think, uh, four psalms that are actually uh, credited to King David for having been written. And this is one of them. And it's, you know, again, talking about uh, peace, right? It's talking about, uh, you know, the people of God coming up into that same mountain, right, to worship God. What were you going to say? I was, I, you're hitting it right where I wrote down my notes was peace and love and then happiness as i read it a couple of times it's i got happy feelings and it, kind of like a song i, I could imagine people singing this joyfully mm -hmm. and and seeking god and looking for what he has given them or what he's uh what he has you know set forth for them right i guess is the way i looked at it so when i was reading it i felt like i should be praising jerusalem too mm. yeah because they were talking about like all Jerusalem has and why it's like so great right mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of it prosper prosperity is in there a couple of times so it's all about look at what look at what can happen mm -hmm. look yeah. at or be thankful for what we have and is, is the way I looked at it. so I was that's why I was shaking my mm -hmm. head that's yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah and the first line I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the Lord mm -hmm. and um it's really, uh, you know, we can look at this, uh, and it's been used certainly to talk about Sunday morning worship, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's a whole lot more uh, involved with this psalm. It's not just going to Sunday morning worship. Certainly it would be for us. But for them, it was making an entire journey mm -hmm. to the place of the house of the Lord, which was at that time in Jerusalem. And at this time, there was no temple. There was a tabernacle. Um, and what did it mean to go to Jerusalem? What was Jerusalem? Well, of course, the name means city of peace. Um, but what were you to find there? You were to find uh, peace. You were to find unity. Uh, people went there to find uh, judgment. Forgiveness. And, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, so there was a lot of things that you were going there to find and to um, apprehend. And so I think there's a lot that could be said about this. I do think there is a contrast between this and Isaiah. Isaiah talks about all nations and all peoples. This is only talking about one group of people, yeah, right? Yeah, like just these people. <laughs> so there is a contrast. You picked up on that. Yeah. There, there is a contrast here, and I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what what a preacher could do with that, but that's kind of it is kind of interesting. So all you Bible scholars out there, <laughs> do something with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, moving down to our epistle lesson, uh, it comes to us from Romans. Now, of course, Romans is a letter that Paul is writing to Romans, to the church in Rome. He is in prison. Uh, it is to the Gentiles in Rome. He probably has never been to this church. This church was established really early, actually. Mm. And uh, more than likely, he hasn't been here. I, at least we can assume he hasn't. Um, and he is writing some interesting stuff here. What do you all think about anything with Romans here. I was thinking how it's kind of talking about how you should be grateful for all like God has to offer mm-hmm. and that you need to be open to it and like don't be busy being like caught up on the other things of life. Just let that go and be open to like what God has to offer for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I put um, be faithful and true, you know, kind of turn away from the evil or the wrongdoings kind of right. like let yeah. those things go kind of what you were saying is mm-hmm. don't get caught up in things and and to yeah kind of step up and be that faithful uh christian to kind of live by the rules the ten commandments that kind of came up with the words that they used you know darkness and mm-hmm. all light it, it kind of like that good versus evil right. in this letter but it was so it's so short it's kind of like, well, what was he thinking before and what happened after this reading? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, there wasn't a lot to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like the idea of don't be busy being busy, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. Something very particular to Paul's writing is this terminology that he uses of laying aside or putting off mm-hmm. and putting on. Um, he'll say something like, Put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put off um, the uh, carnal mind and put on the mind of Christ. Put off the old man, put on the new man. And it's literally, he's using that as a kind of metaphor of putting clothes on. So you put on Christ just the same way you would get dressed in the morning, Mm -hmm. right? You put on the armor of God the same way you get dressed in the morning. And so when he writes this and he's saying to put on the armor of light, he's literally saying this is something you have to step into. You step into your trousers. You step into your clothing. You have to walk into this, right? You step into it and it's something that you begin to live and appropriate, Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose, in your life. Um, I like this idea of... um, where he talks this very last verse, and it seems like it can be kind of hard, but he says, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, how do you make no provision for the flesh? What what do you mean? I'm in the flesh. (laughs) How do you make no provision for the flesh? And really what I think Paul is really addressing here is to not be ruled and governed by impulses. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like, you know, impulse buying something, right? Oh, I got to have that. I well, you really don't have to that. have that. <laughs> I have some very good understanding of that one. Right? Do, do you have regrets after that? A little that, bit. Every once in a while. I agree. I mean, and we're going into that season, right? Where yeah. we just know, oh, I need to buy that thing yeah, or get, give this gift or something like that. No. Why? Don't be led by those uh, impulses. Um, because they're very transient, they're here and they fade away. And the reason why you do not want to be led by, by those urges and those impulses is because you end up making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And those bad decisions typically have consequences that you do not want to have to contend with or deal with later on in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's immediate or you deal with them later on down the road. So I think it's really some wise words here of just, uh, and, and really common sense in a lot of ways, uh, just basically wake up, smell the coffee, do what is right. You know what's right and wrong. How do you know what's right and wrong? Because, and he says this in Romans, because we have something called a conscience mm -hmm. that tells you this. You know what you want someone to do to you, and you know what you don't, don't want, want someone them. to do to you. Yeah. So because of that, you know what's right and wrong, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So this is basically where he's going with some of this. But the key part of this is that you put on Christ. Mm -hmm. That is light. So if the actions you do shine, then it's Christ-like. Then it's Christ-like. Okay. If it's not shining, then you need to question whether or not you need to do it, right? There you go. I think we've all had experience with that. We have. <laughs> yeah. Especially with that impulse part. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then we move on to the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, this is kind of a prophetic um, text. Matthew 24 is uh, one of those chapters where he's dealing with uh, maybe some apocalyptic type uh, uh, concerns. Um, and here he's talking about uh, his coming and he says that no one knows the hour or the day of the coming of the Son of Man. And he says, he gives us an example of as it was in the days of Noah yeah. and the stuff that was going on in that day. And uh, what do you do with this in Advent? Well, we're anticipating the coming, right? The coming of Christ. And so, and by the way, the Ephesian or the Romans text uh, contrasts, it uses darkness and light, mm -hmm. which is all about Advent, right? Mm -hmm. Advent, we move to the darkest night, mm -hmm. right? And then light comes in Christmas Eve. We celebrate the coming of Christ and the light that shines. Um, here, we anticipate the coming of Christ. We don't know the hour or the day. And the last line of this, the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Uh, in another text, for instance, like the King James Version, it would say the Son of Man comes in an hour when you think not. I kind of like that. Now, I do a little uh, kind of different uh, type of work when it comes to exegesis and isogesis. The <laughs> difference between the two is exegesis is when you read out of the text. You don't put anything in it. You just take what is there and you bring out from the text. 
eisegesis is you read something into the text, right? Yeah. I do a little bit of both. Okay. I kind of like the translation that says, he comes in an hour when you think not. Because I like, I, what I hear is, just stop thinking. Yeah, you're going to be thinking about it, and then you're going to be wrong, so just stop thinking about it. Just stop thinking, and you know, and then maybe Jesus will show up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's one of those things, don't stare at the clock and time will go, go faster. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting. What do you think about this whole Noah thing and the coming of Christ? What do you make out of it? I was, you know, when I read the Noah, I thought, okay, every it was by twos. And then here he's saying one came, one left. One was here, one wasn't. So that confused me. And then as I read that last line, basically what he's saying is just be ready. Be right. ready for yeah. anything. Just don't anticipate because you don't know if you're going to be the one taken or the one left mm -hmm. behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that to me, it threw me off because I know the simple story of Noah and the ark and everything by twos, mm -hmm. but then to, you know, read it. And then that last one. So basically he's telling me I need to be ready. Mm -hmm. Just let go and be ready. So right. it made sense that, right. you know, I did not read into this at all. <laughs> I was just trying to take out. So I don't know. What did you think, Em? I was thinking the same kind of thing. Just be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never really know what's going to happen until <laughs> that moment when something's happening. Yeah. So did, did you read into the Noah part at all? A little bit. I kind of put like, I'm not sure if this is right, but I had something sort of like people didn't like really understand what was kind of happening, mm -hmm. happening. And then all of a sudden they were just like, you know what, let's just stop and figure it out when the time comes. Well, and I think what's also happening here is the unexpectedness that Christ shows up when you least expect Christ to show up. Uh, you, they did not expect the Messiah to be born in a stable. Mm -hmm. They did not expect the Messiah to come the way the Messiah came, right? Uh, we don't expect God to show up in certain places, but God shows up in the least likely of places. Mm -hmm. God will show, God has a way of showing up right in the middle of your bad attitude. God has a way of showing up right in the middle of that conversation you shouldn't be having. God has a way of showing up in the least likely of places. When you do not expect God to show up, God will show up. He'll show up in the dirty places of life. He'll show up in the dark places of life. Jesus was born in a cave. We see the nice little manger scene on Christmas Day, but it was a cave, not a cathedral. It was a cave. And he shows up in those places of life. And so I think that's part of of what is being conveyed here. I also think there's some other things uh, that's being talked about here. That's a bit much to go into right now. But I do think that there is a part of you that um, God is nurturing and that God is developing, that God is growing, mm. that person of faith, that new creation, you. And that's the part that um, is, is being tuned into the voice of God and and the life of faith and what that means mm -hmm. and is anticipating the coming of Christ. Really. Right. So. Yeah. It was interesting just the the readings and the psalm, you know, the first reading kind of laid the groundwork and led you to happiness. The psalm was happiness. Yeah. Romans, I felt, was a little It's kind of like going, it's preparing you and then it's going up and, and then, then it's like and then, down again. You know, Matthew was a little, okay, he takes one, leaves one, takes one, but at the end, 
be ready. Be, be ready. Be ready for that happiness. So yeah, it kind of was that bell curve, however right. you want to do it. It was good, kind of got dark, and then so it was interesting that they have a little bit in common, the the, the readings and the psalms. So yeah, it was like telling you, this is what's happening. Okay, now you're happy. Now we're gonna not maybe not as much, and then figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. If you enjoyed, this is all we have for today, by the way. <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode and be sure to share with your friends. You can also rate the show and leave us a review uh, to help others find us. Uh, we thank you for joining us for this great discussion. And we hope you feel better prepared for our worship uh, this coming Sunday as we hear these words. Until next time, bye-bye.